0: And once we get that right, which is for me the most important thing, that they have festival respect, the second one is commitment, the third one passion. Those three ingredients are non-negotiable.
1: welcome into the non-negotiables podcast i'm gavin and i'm here tonight with justin justin whacka wacker. hey hey can i have it scores again? so
0: <laughs> yes he does yes he does
1: that was um first before we go into it, actually you want to tell me about what happened with your new bikes in uh in amsterdam
0: oh sure uh i mean again i i mean i wish i could make the stories funnier but yeah, so, you know, as most of the listeners know, we've been here uh, roughly about two weeks now, I think, and my wife and I are already had bikes, but we needed a, we we decided not to go with a car purchase, so we needed, like, a cargo bike, you know, you're familiar with these, they've got, like, the big buckets in the front. Yeah, so you Three can carry wheels. all your stuff, Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've had it for about five days, really nice bike. And uh, I guess we're basically officially Dutch now because my uh, wife walked outside to take my son to school yesterday morning. And of course it was stolen. Um, Of course we have bike insurance on the other two bikes, but not this one, which is, which is great. And uh, yeah, I mean, we couldn't have done anything more. It had a wheel lock. It had a chain lock. We took the battery out of it because, you know, all these are like electric hybrid. We took the battery out of it. It's still sitting on our kitchen table. Uh so I mean, I don't know what more we could have done to prevent theft other than having like uh, you know, hanging like an Apple Air tag on it or whatever. But it's been um it's been pretty annoying. My wife already spent a few thousand on another cargo bike, which is, you know, just great. I enjoy that very much. Um <laughs> but you I mean we, you you need it, you know what I mean? Like we can't even go to like a grocery store, you know, without. So it's, it's kind of just part of it. Um, but yeah, real nice introduction here, Dutchies. Well, so thank it, you.
1: It, it's nice to know you're officially a local now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so,
1: yeah. All right. Well, onto the game on, on Sunday. Um, I think that this is the best performance we've had under our tower. I think there's been games where we've looked good going forward, looked good at the back. There's been games we've controlled quite well. I thought Sunday was absolutely the complete performance. We dominated in every single facet of the game. I believe every single player had a passing percentage over 90%. Um, we at halftime, we were 15 shots to zero. Uh, it was, it was just a complete dominating
0: performance, just. Oh, I, I love to see it, Gavin. <clears throat> we were just chatting right before we, uh, you know, hit record and, I mean, man, that right side was just like cooking all night. The 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 Ben uh not Ben White, the well yeah, Ben White, but the Odegaard and, and Saka combinations were just like insane all night. I mean, this is a game where we easily could have had uh seven probably. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean this
1: was this was this was a four or five-nil game for yeah. sure. I mean it was uh it was complete domination. We missed some chances, but we created a lot. Um, And I think, you know, we were a bit worried about the start of the season, weren't we, when we really weren't creating and we knew it was going to take some time, but we really weren't creating anything. And I I think what we're seeing now over the last few weeks, and I'm including the defeat to Villa in this, by the way, because I thought we were excellent that day as well. Um, I really think this is coming to fruition now and someone is going to get a beating off of this team really soon because at some point it is going to click at the minute. Things are just going a foot wide at a post there hitting the goalkeeper that is going to change
0: let's hope it's liverpool yeah but, i mean uh,
1: i'm i'm i've got to say this is the most confident i've been going to anfield since probably 2005
0: yeah i i agree i i feel pretty good about it i think um was it, was it you that was just talking about uh liverpool being very reliant on Salah, or was that somebody else? Is that a conversation? Yeah, I,
1: I think in a, in attack, they are incredibly reliant. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what started it off. There was another podcast I was listening to, and mm-hmm. someone said on there, they were comparing our options to Liverpool's and saying that we basically were unfavorable compared to them. They've got Jotter and Gakpo to bring off the bench. Well, I'm telling you right now, I do not believe that Jotter and Gakpo are better than Trossard and Nelson. I just don't. I don't believe they're better players. I I think Liverpool are very, very heavily reliant on Mo Salah. I, I don't think... I would take Eddie and Nketiah over Darwin Nunes. I, I just don't think that they are that good. I think they are incredibly reliant on Mo Salah. I think li has been uh, a good a good player for them. I mean, he looks good. I don't rate Alexis McAllister. I know we're on opposite ends of the spectrum on this, but I don't rate Alexis McAllister. I don't... I think Liverpool are a decent side. I don't think they're even close to our ceiling and I don't believe they have the options that we've got, despite what I heard the other day. I just, I just don't see it. I don't see how you can look at Cody Gakpo um, and Jota and see better players than Trossard and Nelson. Well.
0: Wow, um, it's a, a lot to unpack there. So, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of Gakpo, you know, especially for like, you know, the Dutch national team and, and whatnot. Uh, I think he's a phenomenal player. I would have loved to have had him. That See, we're on
1: complete of... opposites on that as well, because I don't think he's very good at all. I, I really don't. I think he's
0: a bang average player. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's interesting. I mean, I, I I think Trossard's a really good player as well, but I'd, I'd put him about equal, but I, I'd i take both of those guys over, over Nelson, of course. So... Yes, um, yeah, I I, I, I'd, I'd take
1: Nelson over. But I don't like Jota either. Jota, I mean, Jotter kills us every time, which probably makes me hate him more. But I think he yeah. scored like three goals in 40 games or something, probably
0: all against us. How many does Nelson have? Uh, one against Bournemouth. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, that's fair. That was that was a but moment. Jotter,
1: Jotter plays a lot of games when he's not injured. Nelson doesn't. Mm-hmm. Nelson plays five minutes here and there. So I don't think that's a fair comparison. Um but every time Nelson comes on, he does something, he looks dangerous. I, I just don't see that with the Liverpool guys when they come on.
0: Man, I, I I mean, I feel like I do. I I feel like I see Joda and Gakpo come on and, and look very dangerous, even if they're not getting the goals. But you know, I mean to each their own gaff, uh I uh and I mean they're I know Joda's kind of what mid mid-20s now, but gakpo's what, twenty-two? I think
1: um, um, I'm not sure. how old Gakpo is actually. Let me I can tell you.
0: I think there's there's still a lot to come from him. I mean, I, Reese is already 24. He's 20. Um, Gak,
1: Gakpo's 24.
0: Oh, okay. Well, yeah. yeah okay. So I guess it's 24. closer than I thought. But yeah, he's he's um, actually
1: yeah, a, I, probably a similar age to Nelson because he was born in he was born in the May. So when was when was Nelson born? I bet I they're um they're not far apart. They're both born in not, yeah. So they're they're basically the same age.
0: Okay. Yeah, I I mean I think either way. I think um you know I, I hate those like combined elevens, but uh, I do think Liverpool might have the uh, well I don't know. Going through player by player, I mean it it, it it is pretty tough to say. I mean even Salah versus Saka. I mean.
1: I think the only only position that they are clear of us in is in goal. I think that is the only position you can look at a Liverpool player and say, well, that player walks into the Arsenal team, 100%. I think you can argue about the rest of the side, about who's better than who, but I think the goalkeeper is the only one. And, I mean, you could say Van Dijk, but I'm not sure I would agree with that. I certainly wouldn't take him above Saliba. Um and Gabrielle, maybe he's better
0: than Gabriel. Yeah, maybe, maybe Gabriel. Maybe. I, I probably would. He's come. He he was a little rough last year, but you know he had that major uh, knee injury. Yeah. I think he's coming back to yeah. his best. So but, I, I would probably take him, and I, I might take Trent over Ben White too. I I think Ben White's better defensively, but I like what Trent. Well, that's that's uh, close,
1: right? I I don't think. Yeah, that's close. It's I close. don't think yeah. the other side's close. I think Zinchenko is well clear of anything they've got there. Declan Rice obviously walks in, right? And then I think the yeah, other positions it. are probably reasonably... Cl- uh, Erdegaard obviously walks in over Schaversle or McAllister. Yeah, I'd take Odegaard over him, yep. Um, so I think the other ones, and- I think you can argue. I, think, I don't think like, we're miles better than them, but I do think let's, we are better than them from a ceiling point of view.
0: Let's go ahead and fight about this then. Um, I, I, I'd probably take, I don't know, I don't even care, McAllister, Gakpo or Slava's lie over Havertz in the left eight.
1: No, no chance. Yeah, no, I To would. me, Havertz is now one of the first names on our team sheet. Now, I think the way we played yesterday, I don't think we could do that without Havertz. I think this is a completely different team to last season. And I think Havertz is absolutely key to what's going to happen here. He's, he's, the way he works off the ball, the way he crashes space, it, I just think it's exceptional. I, I said a couple of weeks ago, right, that I thought he was a poor man's David Platt. And I'm absolutely standing by that. He's the timing of his runs is absolute perfection. And I'm I'm telling you now that's what three goals in the last four games. He is going to end this season with 15 goals. I'm, I'm telling you now he is. He, he's absolutely. He's never going to be. He's not Martin Odegaard, right? He's a low touch player. I think he had like 30 touches in the game, um, or, or 30 passes in the game on on Sunday. So he's never going to be that high touch player, and he's never. He's just not, we misunderstood what he was, right? And then I didn't know what he was. Now I know what he is and I can see it. And that is where my attitude on him has, has changed. I never wrote him off, but I did think that it was looking like it wasn't going to work. Um, but now I can see what he is. I think he's taken time for people to adjust around him and I think it's taken time for him to adjust to everybody else. And honestly, mate, I thought he was absolutely sensational again on Sunday. I think every game has been his best game in an Arsenal shirt. We were starting from a very low bar. <laughs> that, that's true. Um but I, I thought he was sensational on Sunday and I think you can really see where this team is going now. And I I, I think Habits is going to be a magnificent player for us. I, I've come around on that completely.
0: Well I mean listen I'm uh I, I hope so. You know um and I, I do uh I do see the improvement. I do see more cohesion. I see more confidence in the player himself. Um, you know the, the goals don't hurt. When I saw him get that, you know, kind of breakthrough with the Br- Brighton defense and the goalie started coming out, I was like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't back him to score it. But he, you know, he finished. He finished uh, quite nicely. Well, he
1: missed. He missed a guilt edge chance just before that, the one that he headed over the bar from a from a free yeah. header. Um and you know and you're starting, oh god is it not gonna be not gonna be our day you know when you're missing all them chances but that goal he took really really well
0: mm-hmm. yeah I I can't I can't argue with that I, I I like that the man rescues donkeys as well I think that's super endearing um I think you you know he's always gonna be Robin and not Batman like I
1: just I think yeah. you you have to understand that with him and you have to understand that what he does is more for the team. Them for himself, and we've got a lot of players like that. By the way, a lot of players sacrifice themselves for the team. You can say that about Jesus for for yeah. sure. You can say okay. that about Gabriel Martinelli, possibly more yeah. than anybody, sacrificed himself for the team. Yeah. And I think mean, Caiavet is Kai he- Habits, he's in the is in the same boat. He he understands that that role is to be a low touch player that arrives in the box and makes those driving runs, and he does a lot of off the ball work. He's also he's also our chief fouler. I don't know if you've noticed this but he gives no, away just... more fouls than anybody else. He is the tactical foul master, which is why he's on four bookings. Only Arteta's got the same amount of bookings. But he's he's <laughs> the is? one he's the one that um he's the one that breaks the play up, he's the one that makes the makes the foul. And I think the way we're playing now, Odegaard is playing so much deeper than he was last season. I mean there are times when he's coming into the back line to receive the ball. And it's a consequence of the way the team's rotated around. A big part of it, obviously, is Declan Rice. Um, so with Declan Rice being there, we all know Declan Rice's skill set. And we also know what isn't his skill set, right? So we don't have Thomas Partey sucking three players onto him and then playing that pass. We, we just don't have that now. So Odegaard's the man who's coming back. And we're just attacking in a different way. It's slower. It's more methodical. And it's more about picking passes rather than drawing players on and going over the top. And by the way, part of that is that teams aren't coming out against us the way they were because we're good now. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, it's it's interesting. You said that about Declan Rice too, because I wanted to bring that up. Um, he's been doing it for a bit, but I noticed it uh, a little heavier in this game is that, yeah, he, he's not sucking in those players, but man, he's still capable of going on just a, a crazy run those through runs. midfield. And, oh my yeah, God. Yeah, those I mean, those it's driving insane. runs. It, it's insane. I, I love to see it, you know? And he looks so – he's always got, like, a big-ass smile on his face, you know, just running through midfield. His,
1: his um, range like, of passing has definitely, yeah. definitely improved since he signed, right? And I think this is this is a testament to him. The team as a whole, tactically, I think is – it might not be at its apex, but it's on the way up. I think it's definitely starting to click more. But his passing, the way he plays – he plays these flat passes – out to either win right left or right whether it's to Martinelli or Saka and he's that he's basically the only one who plays the quick switch do you know what I mean because no one else does it Erdegaard likes to he likes to come inside control the ball have the ball at his feet and pick the passes out Gabriel maybe every now and again will hit a long breaking ball but no one else really does it everyone else it's very much in short triangles Rice yep. will drive and then ping that ball thirty yards with a really flat trajectory, and that is that's something that he's added, I think, since August. He that that wasn't in his game when he arrived.
0: Yeah, and the, the vision is really impressive too. I mean, uh, I've, I've I've made note of you know five or six of them this season that have been pretty much brilliant, almost you know releasing the player on the 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 shoulder of the defender. Uh, he's he's really good at what he does, and uh, the fact that he can. You know, I I think we we spoke on this pod, you know, months and months ago now. But you know, there's very few midfielders that could do what Thomas Party did, right? We said that when we were talking about yeah, he's, he's a unicorn.
1: He's a unicorn.
0: Yeah, but but well, I mean, we've got pretty much the the you know a player that can do almost everything Thomas Party can. Some things better, some things worse. But I mean.
1: It's, you know what? What what we called for, I think, at the end of last season, when Partey fell apart again in March, I think what we called for was a different way of doing it, right? Because we, we knew that you can't replace Partey like for like because there's no one else like him. No one else does what he does. But he was yep. so inconsistent and he's so injury prone that we had to find a different way of doing it because we kept falling apart when he wasn't, when he wasn't on it or when he wasn't mm-hmm. there. We kept. We had to find a different way of doing it. I think that's what we've done here. I think we've just found a different way to do it. So Rice has come in and he doesn't do the same things party does, but we've just worked a different way to get the ball further up the pitch. It's a little bit slower. It's a little bit more methodical, but it's no less effective.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, And and yeah, like I said, I mean, they they do have different strengths and weaknesses, but we are able to play a similar way, if not the same, and I, I just think it's, it's it's working brilliantly. And I, I honestly, I'd love to see what party looks like in the side as well next to these two. But I mean, I guess if Havertz keeps scoring, we may not see that. But see,
1: um, I'm I'm interested in I'm interested in this. I think that that ship has probably sailed now. And I think the biggest reason isn't Kai Havertz. I think the biggest reason is Declan Rice. I think it would be absolute insanity to move Rice out of that six now. I don't care if you're yeah. pushing him into eight or whatever. I think it would be absolute insanity to move Declan Rice. That is his position now. That will be his position for the next eight years. And I just don't think you move that. I don't think Partey is capable of playing the eight. Um We saw it when he first signed, when he spent six months trying to be Michel Platini. And it was fucking abysmal um, until we moved him back into that, that pivot. I mean... Honestly, he was people forget how bad Partey was for that first six to eight months yeah. when he signed. When he was basically trying to play like a number ten. Um mm-hmm. and it just wasn't working. You know, that's when he kept hitting he kept shooting he hit hitting the top tier of the stands. It wasn't until we moved him back into that single pivot. I just think we've moved beyond that now as a team. I think the evolution of this team it's constantly evolving, right? Like Arteta is someone that constantly evolves the team. And I just think we've moved beyond Partey in that single pivot role.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I would say for as many pros as Partey has, Rice kind of, you know, he, he he's, he's more cover. And we know he's going to be available more often, you know?
1: Yeah, and, like and I just think the kind of- team functions better. With him, I mean yeah. that's really what it comes down to. I think if you if you were to put them side by side, I think Thomas Partey is probably the better pure footballer. Um, I don't know that it'll always be that way, just because of the way Declan Rice seems to be able to add different strings to his bow at a, a moment's notice. Um, it does seem I, that way, yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, but I think if you stuck them next to each other, I think Thomas Partey is probably the better technical footballer. Um, but this team functions better with Declan Rice at the base and the power that he has, the character that he has, the ability to nick the ball without committing fouls is something we haven't really seen before. I mean, it's almost Vieira like the way the leg just comes out and takes the ball and retains possession. It's, it's, it's it's something to see. I mean, to this point, just to this point in the season, I think Declan Rice is footballer of the year. Um, If we go on and win the title it may well be that Erdegaard supplants him in that. Because Erdegaard yesterday was, that, that is as good an individual performance, I think, as I've ever seen. Erdegaard was absolutely sensational yesterday. And I think he's going to, if we are going to win the title, he's going to have to perform like that most of the time. Um, so I do think that by the end of the season, you may see Erdegaard be the one that, that wins a football of the year. But I think to this point, it's Declan Rice and I don't think anyone else is particularly close to him.
0: I think um, at this point in the season, uh, he's been the most important player on the team. I think he's had the biggest impact. And uh, I think that kind of player, uh, you know, if the team does, you know, win the title or whatever, uh, you know, kind of deserves it. But, yeah, I I definitely see. I mean, the. uh...
1: I just the the parallels between Rice and Roy Keane. I think I've said this to you guys before. I said to you months ago, I thought he could be our Roy Keane. And I just mm-hmm. those I just see that Roy King came into Manchester United and he made Manchester United just click immediately, and Rice has Rice has done something similar, and I just see the same leadership qualities, maybe without being as much of a dick. Um, right, yeah, but he's the, nice guy. It, the yeah. impact, the on the pitch impact, is very very similar. I think.
0: Mm-hmm yeah of course and i you know i i think um you and i had this discussion as well on a previous pod there was no other player we could have signed that would come in and just uh immediately have an impact and hit the ground running i mean that's exactly what we got and that's have why you've been say- surprised
1: by how good he's been i mean i've i don't know i i was expecting this i don't know that i was expecting it at this level i mean i i, I said to you before that he, he just doesn't have sixes. Do you know what I mean? Every game is a 7 or an 8. But yeah. every game's been a 8.5 to 9.5. He's not even had any 7s.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I was surprised at first, um, but I, I've really kind of started to think about it. I mean, he was always head and shoulders, you know, West Ham's best player. And yeah. I think if he had a little bit better, uh, you know, surrounding players, we could have maybe seen some more of this stuff from Rice earlier. But I think putting him in a team where he's got runners, where he's got like you know intelligent players that know how to create space and make runs. I mean, I think he, I think he's loving it. I mean,
1: yeah, I think do. that's the key as well. The way he's adapted, because he he said himself that he found it difficult when he first arrived because tactically, with you know, it's a completely different way of thinking about the game. You know, he said himself he was learning something new in training every day. You know, because yeah. it's it's so different. But the way he's taken to it. He's amazing, and he just, he, he just like we said, he just seems to add something different every week, whether it's that that flat pass that we didn't see out to both wings. His left foot seems to be getting better, and he's spending more and more time in the final third. I think a third of his touches yep. yesterday were in the final, were in the, or, or Sunday, were in the final third, and he's progressive passes. I mean, it, he's, he's playing those line-breaking passes now, not quite the same way that Partey was, but he's still playing them.
0: Yeah, I don't think anything uh, came of it necessarily, but, you know, he had that one run uh, against Brighton where he was like all the way, you know, he was like... uh...
1: He had a a couple of really (laughs) strong galloping runs. He had the one where the goalkeeper made the save when he'd come from the left
0: yep um, yeah. is that the one but, you're
1: talking about or the one where he yeah the, the, he
0: was like right. all the way he was like left midfield but all the yeah. way where like your your winger or left back would be and just yeah. made that run and yeah i mean that kind of stuff it, it's great he's popping up all over he's 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 confident um powerful you know we needed that powerful leadership in like kind of the the Jaka power vacuum that existed now i i don't think we could have you know Replace that player. I know it's a different position, but we we I feel like we really did a good job replacing that. Uh, uh, the 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 like mental qualities yeah. of Shaka in this player and Rice now.
1: Yeah, I think, and that that's key as well. I think the belief that this team has, I think it, it kind of, it really emanates from him and from Erdegaard in particular. Those two are the absolute heartbeat of of this team. Um, yep. And I think when you get days like yesterday, it it really it all clicks. I mean, the only I, I'm not going to say this is a concern, but I do feel like Martinelli's output is is way down on on what it was last season. And I, I it it was a funny one yesterday because I thought overall I thought he actually played okay. He was very isolated out on that left hand side, which is kind of how you like it a lot of the time. His corners were were amazing. I mean, his corners. Yeah, his corners. Yep. One was, was yep. bang on point. I mean, how we didn't score from a couple of them, I'll never know. But that end product isn't there at the minute. And I, I think that is a little bit of a concern. Um, Smith Rowe coming on late, mate, and nearly nearly getting a goal. I, I wouldn't be averse to seeing it, and not at Anfield, obviously, but over the next few weeks, I wouldn't be averse to seeing going back and Smith Rowe taking over at wide left for a couple of games just to – just to you know a little bit of a change from from Martinelli because like i said i just don't think the end product's been there for him this season
0: it is um it is really weird that uh it does kind of seem like smith Rowe is 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 just an attacking midfielder now it seems like he's not even considered for the wings i mean yeah. you remember he used to be one of the first options the. i
1: think the introduction of trossard probably ended that yeah. right yeah. but then i think and, there's an argument as well that trossard he's not been playing that well I don't think anyone can can say that he has but there is an argument as well that Trossard's best work doesn't come from wide. that Trossard's best work comes from a more central area
0: uh yeah yeah I, I mean I I think I agree with you 100% especially in the false nine I don't I don't think he's the positions were or the times he's played left eight I think has been yeah areas... that hasn't
1: that hasn't worked I don't think
0: yeah it's been very circumstantial. Like when we know we're going to have all the ball in the opposing half, that's when yeah. he's played last eight. Um, and he's done fine in those situations, but you know, th- those aren't happening every week or anything. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think Trossard's best games have been in the false nine when, when Jesus was hurt last year. Uh, I thought he did really well, but yeah, I I'd love to see Smith uh coming in. I mean, he's going to need to, you know, get the, you know, uh, stamina and rhythm back and stuff like that. If he could get some minutes at the end, you know, coming on for Martinelli at, you know, 65 minutes or something like that, you know? I, yeah, I'm, I think I'm that's what it. we
1: need to see, right? We need to see him coming on yep. a little bit earlier, a little bit earlier, yep. a little bit earlier and seeing what yep. what happens. All right, well, let's switch away from the away from the, uh, the game, the performance bit, because I think everyone's, we've kind of really picked most of the, the big parts out of it. Um, We're obviously, the transfer window's coming up there was a crazy rumour that went round on Friday and it it made me laugh a lot. Dominic Solanke. We are not signing Dominic Solanke, right? I I think this is, this rumour reminds me so much of the Ryan Frazier one. Do you remember when, when Ryan was like all agent, agent trying to get a better deal for a player, blah, 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 all agent. And this reminds me of that a lot there is no way we are signing Dominic Solanke.
0: he he's worse than Eddie like oh, far worse
1: than Eddie yeah
0: far, far worse. worse than Eddie. So, so no it makes no it makes no sense at all and he's a young English kid he he costs probably 40 million the same we're asking for Eddie no there's no way it's, it's no, no. I,
1: I I Eddie isn't going anywhere in January I, I don't care if someone offers 40 million I wouldn't take it either um, I, Eddie's going nowhere in, in January, and there is no way we're bringing someone like Solanke in. No,
0: no prob- um, probably not. Yeah, I, I don't think so. There's already some stuff about uh Osimhen as well. Yeah, yeah that, that's all Seaman, press. it's press,
1: you know. The one thing on Osimhen signing a new deal at Napoli, apparently, it's going to have a 130 million euro release clause, which is basically. A gen- it's firming up a gentleman's agreement for him to leave in the summer. Is is what it seems like. This basically just puts a price on it, and and that's what's going to be. Um, yep. I don't know whether we would actually trigger that or not because when you trigger these release clauses, it has to be cash up front, and I'm not sure yep. we've got 130 million laying around to pay in, ca- pay in cash. Um, I'm a little bit worried about his injury record, Jazz. I know you said that oh. he'd had two big injuries, but if you look at his record, there's a lot of muscle injuries on there, on there as well. Yeah. And and I don't know that we, you know, we've we've kind of, we've had we've lived through the Thomas Party experience, right? And I think we can all agree to this point, the Declan Rice experience is a lot better because he plays every game. Um, yeah. I would be a little bit worried about O'Seaman with those injury problems
0: yeah i i think it, at the time he was coming off a uh a cheek fracture that's is, right he, been, he, that
1: wears, he is, wears that cool fucking mask
0: yep yeah exactly and um but yeah you, you're right the, the muscle injuries are kind of starting to stack up it, it doesn't really look like much long term um but yeah you know he he's out for like two weeks pretty often you know with just little nickels niggles He's yeah, and,
1: and that is that is a worry and i you know because honestly if if jesus could stay fit then i don't think we necessarily need an upgrade i think we could be set for a few years but he just
0: hasn't proved he can stay fit yet either well i think something that's interesting about jesus is that uh you know his ability to play you know left wing striker right wing as well i mean he'd still probably start most games just you know kind of moved around um yeah, I mean, I it would probably. So.
1: Let's let's be fair. It would probably be Martinelli on the bench.
0: Probably, yep. Yeah, I, I I think so. Especially right now, you know. Um, but I think um, I think between the money, it being a release clause having to be paid up front, his injury record, uh, and the fact that you know Chelsea and United are probably both going to be looking at strikers, I, I, I'm not saying it can't happen, but I I don't see it.
1: No, I mean, I mean, I do think it's, I do think it's a possibility. I'm just not sure that I really want that with the, like I said, with the injury history. And I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's not like he's, it's not like his goal scoring record is early in Haaland, right? I mean, he's, he's a no, good player and know. he's a decent goal scorer, but I don't know that it's worth that.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I think like uh what makes him so much more valuable is is how small the elite striker market is right yeah, now.
1: Yeah, I, I agree I agree with that.
0: You know, there there's like there's like four elite strikers under thirty. I'm not gonna name them because I just said that number off the top of my head, but I mean there's very few is what I mean. And um But you
1: know, I, just, I, I, I mean, just think that means you don't need one. Do you know what I mean? Like, like Liverpool never had one. I mean, even Real Madrid, you can talk about Benzema all you like. Benzema was never an elite striker. He had one good, he had one exceptional season at 34. Other than that, he was just a good striker playing in an excellent team. I don't think you need an elite striker. I think Gabriel Jesus is perfectly fine for that role if he can stay fit. I mean, he's been awesome when he's been fit this season, Jesus. Again, on Sunday, he he was brilliant. Again, I don't think we can play the way we... It would, it would need another evolution of style, which is definitely possible because Arteta likes to change the style. Um, but yeah. I do think replacing Gabriel Jesus is, is a bigger task than people think. It's not just take him out, plop Erling Haaland Mark II in there and watch 100 goals go in. That's, that's not how this would work.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, look how City struggled initially with, with Holland. You know what I mean? I mean, they still did well, but I mean, it's because they're an elite. You'll figure it they- out. When, you, when you've got yeah. a player like that, you
1: will, yeah. you will figure it out. There's, there's no doubt you're going to figure it out. But it's not just as simple as that. And it affects everything else. I mean, everyone else at Man City scores less goals. You're not just adding
0: 30 goals. You're taking them yeah. away from somewhere else. Yeah, that, that's actually a really good point that I feel like people don't don't always see. But uh real quick, I know uh we're we're close on time, but uh let's go ahead and shut this down as well. Ivan Tony.
1: I don't see Ivan Tony. I mean, I don't want it personally, I don't think I don't he's want better it. than Eddie and Ketia um for a Probably. start. I think he's incredibly overrated. Um again, Arsenal fans are the ones that are desperate for Ivan Tony are focusing on his strengths and completely ignoring all his weaknesses um yeah and i think when you look at eddie people are doing the exact opposite because we've got him they're they're you know and he's 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 passed for kai goal by the way yesterday what a pass that was or something. yeah yeah i
0: agree that's yeah, a
1: fantastic yeah, pass he drew the defender in played the pass at the right time that's great stuff so i don't see tony happening i certainly don't see brentford agreeing to another loan deal. uh
0: yeah no, no way they loan i think they're they're gonna they're going to want to cut their losses uh or if they want to cut their losses i should say they're going to want a huge i mean yeah. he, he's going to be dumb expensive for a yeah plan for, a, for a
1: 28 for a 28 year old player that scores mostly penalties i i, yeah. I don't i don't see it like I, I really
0: don't same i don't either yeah and i hope it doesn't happen to be honest yeah i i don't think it will
1: all right mate. well let's let's leave it there for that we'll be back probably on friday to preview the preview the Liverpool game just make sure your bikes are locked up will you mate
0: oh yeah yeah sure i'll I'll double check after this yeah
1: yeah maybe 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 like chain double chain them up this time i
0: i'm actually thinking about that legitimately yeah, yeah.
1: it's a good idea okay mate <laughs> well on your bike and um we will uh we'll talk again on we'll talk again on
0: friday <laughs> all right mate have a good night, good night. or morning Goodbye, everybody yeah yeah